I'm glad you're as bald as I am now. Yeah, yeah I know. I, I reached I reached your level. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. I reach man. husky and husky and level. Husky yeah. and levels. <laughs> you have a husky um, and do. Hello and welcome to Bald Talk, the podcast where two bald comedians interview bald comedians, actors, directors, lovers, fighters, and really anyone bald about being bald. I'm Charlie Sanders and I am bald. Oh, and I am Brian Husky and I am of the bald persuasion. Thank goodness, because otherwise we couldn't do the show. We could. I and, guess you know, we could, you bring that yeah. up each time because, I mean, <laughs> it's an nobody knows what we look like. You know, that's true. It's all audio. So. I went and wiped all images of me from the internet. You last did? Night. Why? Oh, yeah. Why? Why? I had something to do just to clean up. The internet oh. was getting kind of crowded. I was like, let's free well, up some true. space. Well, that's true. Yeah. Free up some space for everyone. Yeah. Well, Brian, I'm glad you did that. Thank you for freeing up the space <laughs> because we're going to need it for this. Grand Slam episode. Uh, nice Brian, segue. Good segue. Thank you. I've gotten good at that over time. Yeah. I think well, it's good. Well, not good. I've gotten medium at it over time. We're both average at best. But I think, it I always, think you're better. You could spin a better segue than I I don't do. think. I think our, our downfall is that we always call it out. We should just let it happen. <laughs> just let it happen. Yeah, people wouldn't notice unless like every <laughs> single time we're like, what a terrible segue. Yeah, well, it actually does a bad one. <laughs> All right, Brian, our guest today is a hilarious writer, director, actor, producer, and author. He was a correspondent. I'm going to name a few of his credits. There's too many to name or we mm -hmm. run out of time, but I'm going to name some of them. He was a correspondent on The Awful Truth. He was the executive producer and showrunner of Key and Peele and Teachers. He wrote Speed Bump, which I just saw the first reading of, and it was fucking amazing. Um, he's an Emmy and WGA award winner, but most importantly... His biggest credit of all time is he hired me for my first writing job in Hollywood and then had to regret it for five seasons of Key and Peele. I saw that on IMDb. That is one of the weirdest credits, but that is it in its entirety. <laughs> he made a terrible mistake. Uh, it's Jay Martell. Jay, welcome to Bald Talk. Jay. Oh, thank you, guys. Really, really glad that my baldness is... Help me do something. Well, listen, <laughs> I mean, you were probably like when, when the offer came in, you're like, Oh shit! This is what it's about. Yeah, this is what this, it's all been leading what to. This is what all come down to. This, this is the sweat. These decades the of suffering. tragically watching my hairline recede. It's mm -hmm. been like just coming down to this. It's good. It's good that there's a culminating point. You know? Throughout yeah. Key and Peel, as your hairline receded, you were like, "I hope Charlie starts a bald podcast and I can be on it." Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you probably slipped that idea yeah. to him. I yeah, like, I here did. And there. <laughs> Subtly, you kept pitching that as a sketch. Really, like, that's stupid. Nobody would ever listen to podcasts no one cares like that. What are you talking that? about? I did. I did write one bald sketch. I think it's the only time that I can think of we made bald jokes on Key and Peele. Do you remember it, Jay? By any chance? No, I don't. I don't. So but it, Keegan, it's all a blur. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Most of it's a blur. But I, I did remember this for this podcast. Was um, oh. it was a sketch where Keegan was a had gone to prison. And because Keegan was bald, he thought the skinheads were a bald gang, not a racist oh, skinhead gang. Oh, yeah, I remember gang. that, yeah. And they kept beating him up, and he kept being like, I, I guess they're initiating me again. <laughs> Did we, that's, we, that that went pretty far down the line, didn't it? I have it got like on TV. This, oh, okay. Well, then it didn't really go far down the line. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, well, there were so many. I mean, you write 
five to ten a week out of ten writers. So I know, like I know. so many. I mean, I think there were like we we probably read about a thousand first drafts of sketches by the end of that. Yeah, totally, so, totally. Oh um, yeah, yeah, no, it was a lot. And and we had like so many prison sketches too. <laughs> the prison sketch genre was like a kind of a genre unto itself on the show, you know, like What was the what was the ratio of like like for sketches they were like first season pitch them didn't work out. I mean, how many people were bringing stuff back? Was there anything that was like, "No, we're not going to do the fucking dildo dildo tree. We're not going to do it." All right? Nobody <laughs> wants to see that. Well, the dildo treat was a was a YouTube favorite. Yeah, yeah. that's how we won the Emmy. I mean, uh-huh. so you mean like what the ratio to rejected to accepted was, or just just the like how people it, you know, bring back stuff over and over again? Yeah, were there were there some over. darlings that people just kept sort of lobbing and and be like, no, oh, yeah, no. Oh, remember All weird right? milk? What was it weird milkman? Uh, Colton sketch that he kept on bringing. Back. That was me and Colton wrote that. Oh, together. that was you and Colton. Sorry. Um, <laughs> oh, <that's okay. laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just it would just come back every season in a different form, and it was just right. a weird, weird milkman. What was and, the one uh, me and Colton wrote that was like two guys with a van that uh, had a camp? I can't remember what it was called now. Oh, Little uh, Homies. Little Homies, and it just got creepier and creepier. The role. Yeah, we brought that back it. every single season. It was like a black movie. hole of creepiness because it just. <laughs> It just kept. You should no never be who, and Colton shouldn't be in a room together. That's what we like. <laughs> it was just these two guys. Uh, you tell it, Charlie. It, it was your sketch. It was really, really funny. It was two guys that weren't child molesters. They aren't, but <laughs> their commercial seems like they are because it'd be <laughs> what we wanted it to be. It's Jordan and Keegan in like these flowy clothes in front of a van that said "Little Homies" and being like, "Come join our summer camp." Gotcha, little homies. So the idea being, these guys don't understand how creepy they are. They're not actually bad guys. They just come off as creepy. And they, they're just perplexed why nobody wants to be in there. And they cannot camp. figure out why anyone wants to get in there. So bed. who, I just want to, <laughs> I want to peer behind the, the, the <laughs> curtain here. So in that kind of thing, was it like, yeah, this is funny, but was somebody like, but it's child molestation and that's, yeah, Ian, that tips Yeah, I it. remember clearly Ian walking in my office and being like, you know this is what every parent fears, right? Mm-hmm. We can't do this. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess That's Ian, by the way, Ian Roberts, co-showrunner. Ian Roberts. Yes, IT&T. also fellow Baldy. Uh, uh, he's got a panel. We're going to try and get him he, on. He, I think he would deny the bald charge, but yeah. <laughs> he's, he's got the, the front fringe. He's got the front yeah. fringe, yeah, but it's starting to go in the back. Um, yeah, he's got he's got. There's rumors going on that he doesn't know about as far as <laughs> hair wise. It was on Deadline.com. <laughs> I had this near death experience once, and I floated up above the writers' room, and I looked down, and I saw Ian Roberts' bald spot. Like, oh my god! Oh my god! I gotta break, I gotta get out of this. Yeah, but um, yeah, no. Well, in that case, we rewrote we. We saw that there was something there, and we kept rewriting it, but it just got creepier and creepier. <laughs> yeah, never. Until we tried everyone just had to walk away from yeah, it. You eventually. Know, because, yeah. Uh, a little... There, oh, sorry, I was going to say, like, there, there's definitely, I think, for a lot of uh, people in comedy, there's a moment when you have a kid where a lot of stuff that used to be just like oh, yeah. bits and kind of go in there is like, nope, not funny. <laughs> <laughs> not funny. Yeah. I remember uh, that there's this amazing performer, Michael Delaney, back at UCB in New York, and he was one of the first uh, people in our, our crew to kind of have a kid, to have a kid, not kind of have a kid, he had a kid. <laughs> and um, 
And he it just only said, made it halfway out of the Yeah, world. he said that it just started to be that there were scenes that he just couldn't participate in. You know, it, it, in like as innocuous as like there's a baby being thrown back and forth between two people. He's like, I, I couldn't because I just had my newborn child and I couldn't imagine. You could not picture. <laughs> I could not even like suspend that. So imagine. what would happen? Would he just walk off the stage? He would or just or not join the scene or oh, he, yeah, yeah, or he, he, would, he would find a reason to kind of like. To throw the baby and then walk away. Justifiably <laughs> sort of like bow out of it. Uh, but I had the same thing with my daughter. There are a few times that sort of like making jokes, you know, it, it, that would victimize a kid and stuff. I was like, oh, no, I no, can't do that yeah, anymore. Yeah, I know. I remember being in a meeting with, a, with an executive right after my daughter had been born. And he said, uh, so what's her name? And it was just a guy, you know, like. A twenty-something guy would know. Yeah, I got a, a business child. degree. That's why I'm running this. Yeah, studio. yeah, yeah. You can picture this guy. Um, and I said, "What's her name?" I said, "Oh, we named her Cleo." He was like, "Cleo, that's a stripper's name." And oh was, and, my and I just god, like, that's horrible. But it was like the kind of thing where you're just like normally you just I, like in a previous time you would just walk away or or riff off of it or whatever. But it was yeah. like my daughter. Like my newborn daughter. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, that's so horrible. <laughs> I found like that was weird. That suddenly having that kind of like that anger at somebody's attempt at humor that you couldn't walk away from. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, that's interesting. I was in a, I was in a, like, not the. I was in a terrible situation for my desire to murder this person to come up because it was like an interview <laughs> for a show I'd always wanted to be on in my whole life. Oh, can and, you say what it is? Nope. And okay. so uh, <laughs> I can guess already. But go ahead. Key and Peel. Key and Peel. It was Key and Peel. I was supposed to be Key, but they were like, no, no, they went with they went with uh, Keegan and stuff. Uh, so um, yeah, so I I used to be a photographer, and I mentioned I was a photographer. That was part of the conversation. And then at one point, you know, we talked about uh, I had a daughter and stuff. And then later on, after we'd been hanging out for a while, they made an inappropriate joke about me taking pictures of my daughter. Like, what the fuck? And I was like, I just didn't know what to do. I was just like, what? Oh my god! And I like, we're just kidding. It had bad joke, bad joke. And I just, I just, I was like, like stunned for the rest of the interview. I was just oh kind of like, god. yeah. And then what I show had to- did you say it was? <laughs> Uh, Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune. I was oh going to be the new. Yeah, they wanted me to be the new. You were going to be the host, Pat Sajak, and I just like you know I've always wanted that more than anything. <laughs> well, there's a there's a certain kind of uh, interview I've noticed, some, mostly with comedians, like sort of really like stand-ups, will say something or or tell a joke just to gauge like yeah how you'll Can react you go there? to it. Oh, yeah, and are wow. you ready to go dark? And mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, one of the early incarnations of a of a Bill Maher show I was interviewing, and he and he just said something like, "It was a very tasteless joke." I, I think by repeating it, I'll I'll even, you know, you know, you don't want to repeat it. Keep that, bar, into Keep a that bar high, guys. <laughs> but uh, but it was the kind of thing like I didn't laugh, but it wasn't be it wasn't because I was being purient or anything. I just didn't think it was a funny joke. But that yeah. like that. I didn't get the job because I, it, it looked you like didn't I laugh was, at it. Yeah, I was judging. I was being judgy. Oh, man. Yeah. That's bizarre. I wonder if your reaction had been like, oh, whoa. Like not laughing, but acknowledging uh, like that they 
did it, man. I yeah, you went there. It. You <laughs> went there. You did it. Oh, no, you did it. Oh, I am uh, disturbingly aware of the fact of how many jobs I haven't gotten because I can't kiss ass. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, it's well. not. It's just not in my personality. I've tried, and it doesn't work. Well, it's kind of like... It's a t- it, it tests your ability to because it is from that point on, you know, like I'm just going to have to always swallow it. Yeah, I know. This point on. Can't do it. And there's like, yeah. And if you start to sort of like d- trade your dignity for the check and the, you're just going to eat you up. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're going to keep you're going to trade and trade and trade. Yeah. I, yeah. I find myself constantly dueling because I, I there is part of me that can kiss ass quite efficiently and, uh, <laughs> with ruthless efficiency but it's always fight it's always being fought by the person who's like you know the critic who's sitting in there going like ah that's not really funny you shouldn't laugh yeah uh, so so it's like very strained forced laughter so yeah it's like, <laughs> yeah it's so uh, if you're observant yeah. it's very obvious <laughs> yes yeah if you're an idiot executive you don't you think it's real it's also weird when you encounter those people who like if you give it up to too much like they want you to kind of be like stone faced or to, to oh you know, to, you yeah. know what i mean like i've right. totally sort of, like Okay. Yeah. You mean like ninety nine percent of comedy writers? Right? Yeah. You know, just yeah. like no affect or laughter so at it's all. It's just the <laughs> academic recognition yes. of like humor happened. I found that amusing. Uh, yes. I. Oh my god. Like, Notable. <laughs> I remember uh, Jay Ikea Peel. At least to me, my experience at Ikea Peel was wonderful. It was like all five seasons. I had a blast. I had a good time. Well, Everybody the five was... season became a little untethered, but yeah. What's that? The five, The fifth season was hard. Oh, I don't know if I noticed. But that. you didn't. You you weren't exposed to that. Okay, all right. Well, I'm kind of like you were show running. I think I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah, I, I would oh, imagine show running day was one so different from a, what I did. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I just yeah. came in and annoyed with a comedy pizza. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay, so for our audience, the comedy pizza. Now, Jay, you would say <laughs> I'm, I was the most annoying staff member of Key and Peel, correct? Probably. Yeah. Like just a. It depends on what you mean by annoying. Well, like I mean, you were you were annoying bits. and kind of like the little brother annoying. Yes, right? exactly. As opposed exactly. to I, like you were like hiding people's medications <laughs> and their keys and stuff. People taking died. my wallet, refusing <laughs> taking my wallet, taking money out of it, spreading for lunch. rumors about him having an affair. <laughs> oh, we actually Ian uh, Ian Roberts and Charlie and I actually wrote a pilot together based on. Charlie being the guy who's always asking Ian like where he ranks in the you know in the, in the UCB improv community pantheon and always asking for you know hey can I is tonight the night that I'm coming over to your house and he's like no Charlie no no never and it just went on and on. it was like for five years it was just yeah like, I, I couldn't stop it was a, he it was was a pilot like, called boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> We never Jay, got, we, we sold never two got pilots made. off we that never concept. Got never? <laughs> we sold two pilots off that concept. But yeah, the That's comedy true. pizza was a bit I did to annoy Jay and Ian, where I'd come in with my iPad and pretend I was a pizza delivery man, and I'd hold it up sort of horizontally like a pizza when I had to pitch my sketch to them. And I'd be like, did you order a comedy pizza? And like at first they well, laughed, the, the but by the way, it's more offensive than that. He's turning it. Down. <laughs> I'm playing it down so I don't get in trouble. I think probably like the first thousand times you guys laughed, but then like the next four thousand, you'd be like, Charlie, please stop. I think it was more like the first three times we laughed, and then we didn't laugh for a thousand times, 
And then we laughed for the last thousand times because, because I was we so just relentless. got worn down. It was just attrition. That's the rule of six thousand. <laughs> yes, gotta, exactly. That's the rule of six thousand. <laughs> I, you know, I'm so glad to know. I didn't know there was a rule of six thousand, but now yeah, it makes a lot. I of invented sense. that. That's for that. Those are for really long form shows, like the really committed. <laughs> the image that comes to mind is like the glacier that cut uh, Yosemite Valley. It's just like. <laughs> <laughs> the the comedy glacier that just is unrelenting it just keeps on hitting that joke again and again so like chips of granite fall away yeah. and the mountains create a are natural separate. wonderland <laughs> I love that uh, well oh, let's man. uh let's 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 get into it right let's get oh. into baldness all right i mean we've talked we're going to go back to the, the biz because we're so we're such we're uh, also cool. players in it and stuff mm-hmm. but <laughs> <laughs> we're also we're also bald in the biz, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, Jay, I don't. I, you and I have we have a similar hair journey, right? I feel like no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say that I've been balder longer, or yes, yeah? I, oh. I I would say that. I mean, I I never. I've known you for a long time, Brian. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean. Yeah. Let's see. We shot Terrace in uh, was it 2003? Right. So still back in New York. Oh, so you guys have actually known each other longer than yeah. I've yeah. Oh, yeah. either he of you. Directed, oh. I was in his uh, film with Jason Manzukas and Jessica St. Clair, and uh, Ian was, was in it. Yeah, and, I was um, very excited because like one of my first things. I was and you were you were great in it. Will McLaughlin thanks. was great. Oh yeah. yeah. That's right. We were um, bumbling cops. Yeah, but but so as long as I've known you, you I feel like you've had that hairline that you have now. But is it's that so, not the case? It's so That's funny. Like case? I literally like because I've I've looked at pictures from that era, uh-huh. and I have <clears throat> I have a little bit more in the middle. Oh, okay, but it is it pretty much is. But for me now, I'm like ah, I think I might be going bald like, <laughs> <laughs> because That's it's sort amazing. of like it's like Ian's defense of. Uh-huh. He doesn't see that, so he just sees the front view. Right, you know, right. he sees the selfie view, and so I still have like in, enough sort of like little little dustings here in the middle that like if the lighting hits, it's like yeah, I got I got like a crew cut in the center, but uh, <laughs> but no, it's it's not there. It, it's it's gone. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. You can really see. I think. Um, that kind of thing where you're looking at yourself in the mirror about and 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 examining your relative hairline really mm-hmm. speaks to you know how someone like michael jackson could keep looking in the mirror and seeing someone something that needed to be fixed yeah or, <laughs> or somebody that's like just skinny right. person the skinny person can be looking in a mirror and seeing someone who's totally fat or yeah you know let's it's make just, this nose a little smaller <laughs> yeah it'd still be smaller so yeah. but uh yeah because i i don't see you know like i I think part of the reason I just ended up kind of letting it go and not subscribing to the uh, the regimen of Rogaine or Propecia yep. or the or the or or the vast array of miracle drugs that exist was that I, I just became unconscious about it, you mm-hmm. know? or yeah. or denial. I guess denial is a better word. Yeah. <laughs> Did it bug you? Like, was there a, was there a, a period of loss and kind of like, well, fuck? Or oh, definitely, like, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it was like. I mean, it's definitely my maternal grandfather's fault. I mean, I look at pictures of him at each stage of my life, and mm-hmm. it's definitely that 
that hairline. It just yeah. got, and it, and it was the like same for hairline. a while it was yes, exactly. Oh, wow. Like and the same color hair, everything. And it just and it started like that sort of Letterman strip in the middle, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of like <laughs> whoop. That's a good <laughs> sound go. effect for it. But <laughs> yeah, I, it should, I wish I had a slide whistle. You should really send one to your prospective guests. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> just um, stare in the mirror and do that sound. <laughs> But yeah, Do like, you? and I, but it, so it, was, it, it had, part of it is it did happen sort of slowly enough that I couldn't really engage with it. And I, and I, and also I'm, I'm very vain. And I, at one time I, I thought I was going to be an actor and that would be very important. But, you, you know, I couldn't engage with these things where at the time Rogaine was like, at the time I was really going down, Rogaine was, very expensive. It wasn't yeah. like mm-hmm. over the counter yet. You actually needed a prescription. Yeah. Wow. And you had to go to a pharmacy and it mm-hmm. was like a hundred dollars a month. And I was just like, fuck that. You know, yeah. like I wow, you know, like if lot. there's I if there's anything that trumps my vanity, it's my being a tightwad. So <laughs> I, Yeah, that was my exact same thing. I was like, yeah. I can't afford this. Uh it's right. a it's a daily thing. It had weird side effects I kept hearing about. Yeah. There wasn't yeah. there's was no internet, you know, so it was just sort of like word of mouth that you're just like, Yeah, you grow extra knuckles, man. It's messed up. <laughs> yeah, uh, and when it came on the market, I think it was a like a blood pressure medication for mm-hmm. children or something like that. What? And it was like it had been completely un. I mean, like the FDA sort of just went, okay, well, it yeah. seems to grow hair. <laughs> they all had hair, a lot so of they didn't money. give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it was like what you said, Brian. Like, it could, like 40 years in the future, yeah. you, know, all, you know, you could grow like a second hairy head. It's know. funny you saying, because I started to lose it when I was 17, and at the same kind of like super slow pace where I just. There was definitely a time where like, oh man, this is really going now. Like I am seeing yeah. it go and stuff. And then it got to a point where it's just like, well, I guess that's pretty much what it is. And that was probably when you thought I was bald, but I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you, in particular, <laughs> a With baldy, other baldy. <laughs> I have a question, Jay. I want you to psychoanalyze me and Brian. This is a segment I'm Uh-oh. improvising in the moment. Uh-oh. So Brian uh, struggled with going bald. Try you know tried different solutions and stuff like that. For, For some reason, well, let me let me caveat that. Yeah, I absolutely my 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 solutions were to look at Rogaine, not do it, and then uh, struggle with my feelings about it. Right. Oh <laughs> so yeah, because I, you I always kinda... knew it was out there, right? Like like <laughs> yeah, I knew it was out like there. The solution like is just at the pharmacy. You. <laughs> I could break in the pharmacy right now and start having a full head of hair. Yeah, if somebody I mean, gave me like a, you know, like a thirty-gallon drum of it and said, yeah. like, "Just keep it in your garage," oh, I'd be dipping my head in it like full on, like every every hour. I'd, I'd be, just be wearing. I'd, I'd wear it. a wig that was soaked in it and let the hair grow underneath it and then Underneath take the wig. The wig the I have a I have a very good actor friend who, uh, he's he's ten years younger than I am, but he when he saw it start happening, he went he got. On the Rogaine, on the Propecia. Is that what, am I saying that name correctly? Yeah. I don't even know. Propecia, yeah. And he said, like, fuck it. I don't care about the side effects. I don't care if my dick gets soft. I don't care <laughs> if, like, you know, you know, I don't know, shit Just rainbows start. come out of my ass. I or psychosis and like, end up murdering people. Yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever. And he, and, and however much goes, he has this amazing, lustrous head of hair. Oh, really? Is this the and dude you did the play with? 
yeah, I mean, I want to <laughs> run my hands through it. Any, any, I think he'd probably let me if I asked, but I, it's, it's still like torture to be with someone like that. Cause it's just like the, the, the road not taken, you know, yeah. like, but, yeah. but he has, he's a slave to that. Right. right. Yeah. No, you can't ever stop. It's you're a junkie. Right. I have a buddy who um, I can't name because he would be upset at me. But he, even though um, you I keep had... trying to get us to out other people, <laughs> <laughs> who is it? Charlie, yeah, you wouldn't even I, let Charlie, Brian not say a show. Charlie, who is it? <laughs> I can't say. I can't say. He Just I say his no initials idea. and then the letters <laughs> after can't. the initials. No, I can't do it. Uh, he uh, <laughs> then the letters after the initials. He, uh, uh, I had no idea. And he was like, oh, I'm enjoying your podcast. And I was like, oh, thanks, man. We started like talking about it. And he was like, well, you know, I'm." he told me nobody knows. But he's like, oh, I've been ro- on Rogaine for 20 years. But I had no idea. Like his hair looks totally normal or whatever. So I guess it works. But he, he said the same thing as your buddy, Jay, where he was like, I jumped on it. Like the second he saw it yeah. happening, he got on Rogaine. And he's so he's been on Rogaine for like. 20 years or something yeah like it's wow. like i don't care if my children go to college i don't care <laughs> yeah. if, if i have any retirement fund just, yeah, it does as long as i have the hair yeah. but um as we've discussed ad nauseum on this podcast i'm a weirdo where like it didn't bother me to be bald it never mm. does right is so this part of the this is part of the that, that this is a long preamble to the to the this segment so psychoanalyze okay. uh my resistance his acceptance exactly uh-huh. yes Huh. Gosh. I, it's hard to, it's, you mean like in a sort of extrapolate on to like a, just a yeah, general, it can general be definition funny or of real your, or of whatever, your, of your personalities. You yeah. Whatever you say, we'll take to heart and then put into uh, action. <laughs> I, wow. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Power. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, I think it's interesting because I think, Charlie, Charlie, I do think of Charlie as being in general more happy-go-lucky, you know, mm. like in terms of just like sort of barreling through life and like, yes, I definitely barrel. Like, like <laughs> who cares? You know, I'll do this. Why not? You know, I'll do that. You know, <laughs> that's worked and, to my advantage and definitely not worked to my advantage. Yeah, well, it, it cuts both ways, right? Yeah, but uh, and and more of. And I, I think of Brian as being maybe a little more Hamlet-esque. Mm-hmm. In, Whoa, that's a compliment, right? Questioning things. Well, and, oh, yeah. Well, you know, like <laughs> well, you, you could say like, well, you know. The, I mean, the he's the lead of hours. the play, but he's yeah, also true. suffering. That's true, yeah. through, <laughs> through <laughs> suffering through indecision. <laughs> oh, um, <okay>. But <laughs> I'm not familiar yeah. with it. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well, I, I've always, you know, one of the reasons I think I've always been um, – drawn to the personality type that that charlie represents is that because i don't have i'm more like you brian i think Mm -hmm. i'm more like regret you know full of regret or questioning or i you know i majorly fucked up that decision or if i had a full head of hair right now could i be playing you know be a a gristled detective on a procedural (laughs) Mm -hmm. instead of like sitting here alone t- banging away on my laptop like things that nobody will ever read or you know like so things like that well that's what i was i was i was gonna ask like did did it sort of uh how were you committedly pursuing acting or was it something i was like oh i think i'd like to do this or i want to do something in entertainment um 
Well, it's like, yeah, I sort of have always had ADD a little bit in terms Mm -hmm. of, you know, as soon as I get any sort of success in one area, I would just go immediately to the other. Right. So, so as opposed to to focusing or, or, you know, like I, I started out in, um, as a writer and then I like started performing and I was like, this is what I want to do. And mm-hmm. as soon as I sort of made any headway, I would like, no, I, I think I want to do writing and, right. and oh, sort, really? sort of like go from one thing to another with like, sort of like an inability to focus on any one thing. And, uh, wow, this is fascinating actually. Yeah. So it's hard, I, it, to yeah. give you, give yourself some credit though. It is tough though with our line of work because sometimes like if it does start down a certain path, the the benefits of like having a path are amazing, you know, versus sort of knowing like the, well, I don't know, the other one's a total gamble, especially acting. Yeah. Acting is such a insane lottery. It's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Acting's rough. Yeah, totally. Like as a career, it's just really brutal. Yeah. Um, wow. I'm so fascinated because like, I've kind of done the same thing as UJ, where I've gone back and forth. I mean, Brian too has done this, but going yeah. back and forth between acting and writing. But I didn't do it out of an ADHD. Oh, I should be doing the other thing. Mm-hmm. I just went like I don't. I don't know if you remember, but on the first season of Key and Peele, I had starred on a TV show that was airing during our writing of the first season. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, Death Valley, which got canceled. But mm-hmm. I was just like, I don't care if I'll, if Death Valley goes, I'll do that. If Key and Peele goes, I'll do that. So I sort of did the same back and forth, but not out of like anxiety. I mean, I have anxiety about shit in my life, but not that. I was Uh just like, oh, whatever. You know, I love both of them. You know, Mm -hmm. if I can do both, cool. Like I kind of had that. So I sort of did the same thing as you, but not based on thinking I should switch. Just being Mm -hmm. whatever, I'll do whichever one goes. Was there any, because there's definitely a period, like when I finally got signed or, you know, when I got an agent and manager and stuff, Multi-hyphenate was the the buzz. <laughs> that word. was the hot term. That I was the hot that. term. Is like, oh, totally, he's a multi-hyphenate. Yeah. He's a multi-hyphenate. Yeah. Um, which I think they just discovered. Like, oh, he can generate stuff, and he's connect. You know, whoever it is, like they right. can make us more money, so we'll sign them to multiple departments. But oh. that to me was a message of like, oh, okay, I can kind of swing back and forth. That's cool. But I got signed as a writer because I had sold some stuff. And then I kept saying, like, but I really want to act. Like, I want you to put me out there for acting. They're like, yeah, 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 don't worry about it. And um, and so I just kind of, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just was kind of ignoring the writing thing because I wanted to do the acting thing. And and I, I in retrospect, I was like, oh, I think I did make that decision. I, I made that decision. But then once the acting thing was happening, I discovered, like, oh, I kind of, they're not taking me seriously for any kind of writing stuff. You know, mm. and it was only until the acting thing got to a point where people knew me to to a certain degree that, you know, I could just say like, oh, Brian Husky has something. And they're like, OK, we'll check it out. You know, what I mean, it's like I guess you have to kind of like suffer through one iteration to kind of earn your stripes to step back into the other world. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think everything in about the industry, despite their you know, the, the trendiness, the brief trendiness of the multi-hyphenate. Yeah. I think everything in the industry is about you doing one thing and you fitting into a niche and they want oh. you just to do that one thing yeah. over and over again because the human brain is really bad at sort of taking in, you know, people who 
don't fit like cogs in their machine. Yeah. You know, like they, and so I, I feel like every everything they want you to do is to it's just to, then you're to gonna have to do, do that, that thing. Do that thing. You know, and if you you know, God forbid, <laughs> yeah, you have success in any true. one yeah, thing that's because right. that's a thing they want you to do for the rest of your life, like right. over and over and over again. So so it's just yeah. I mean, I think part of my restlessness has been due <laughs> due to the fact that I just I, I'm desperately trying not to be pigeonholed, but I've I've failed. So, <laughs> <laughs> but you're desperately trying not to be pigeonholed to your own benefit or for your own sort of like creative yeah. mental survival, right? Yeah, like like cause yes, exactly. Because yeah. well, I just get bored doing the same thing over and over. You know, like, I I I had lunch with a friend yesterday who was talking about another friend who's a writer. And I was like, Oh, what's he up to? And he was like, well, he's, he's writing for reality shows now. And he had, he had written on Craig Ferguson for a long time. Mm -hmm. He was talking about, he, he wants to do some other stuff, but he's on this gravy train of just like working week to week on these weird, various reality shows because the producers and, and, and showrunners he's worked with before are jumping around. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's almost like being, a cin part of a cinematography crew is sort of like, yeah, yeah wow, go that's a good stuff. analogy. Yeah, totally. But to that end, I think he was sort of saying like, yeah, and I am, I'm, I'm just on autopilot. Like I'm, it's, he's like, I feel like a bald guy. I'm trying yeah. to buy it back in the <laughs> Oh yeah, nice. Oh, that was nice. well played. I feel like a bald guy. Yeah, yeah. He's Wait, bald. are bald guys on autopilot? I'm, I'm, I'm I suddenly confused. I just don't confused. question it. See, I <laughs> okay, right okay, up right, the right. beginning. If we call <laughs> it right. out, it doesn't make sense. All right, sorry, sorry. Of course. Uh, of course, yes, like a bald guy. <laughs> I, I have a stunning transition here, here we go. Um, which is not a good way to start a transition by saying that. But um, We need a musical cue for that. <laughs> or just Brian, a ding. Put in a musical cue. <laughs> How about like a little ding as, as the Venmo account receives yeah, another $100? That's right, as the 100 bucks hits. Yeah. Ever heard of social media? We have, and no big deal, we are on it. Check us out on Instagram at BaldTalkPod or on Twitter at BaldTalkPodcast. Please make sure to like, rate, and review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We don't care where you get them, just get them. No judgment wherever you get them, anywhere. 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 Whatever. No judgment. <laughs> as long as you listen, we don't give a fuck. Only on Bald Talk. So, uh, Brian wrote this question, but I also was thinking of it, actually. Speaking of like, you know, varying ways of being in showbiz and writing and stuff mm -hmm. like that, how do you write a novel? Like you wrote a novel. Yeah, that's amazing. How'd you do it? But and yeah. my, my specific question was how the fuck do you write a novel? <laughs> how the fuck do you write a novel? I'm so wondering too. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I tried to do it once and it was impossible. It's well, it's yeah, I mean it, it took me a while to be able to do it. I, I I think I tried to do it several times in my twenties and thirties without success. Or I'd get oh. like two or three chapters in and then just start doubting it. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, mm -hmm. like, and then I don't, I mean, something, something happened like in my forties, I think where uh, a switch went off and I just would be able to continue to like nourish an idea to get all the way through it. And that, that, that went for all kind of long form stuff like novels as well as screenplays. Oh, you're giving and, me hope. Cause I'm in. And uh, yeah. And I don't know. I think it, I think it really is related to aging in a weird way. I feel like the restlessness of, mm -hmm. of my thing where I was just like, 
oh, oh, there's only something better out there that that, you know, mm. like I, I should be writing or, or, or you know, like in, in a way, ideas are like um, relationships and that like the, the newest ones are always the most exciting. So you no. like you say so you're, you're 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 you've been, you know, toiling away on this thing, whether it's a, a screenplay or a novel for like two or three months. And then you get this new idea. And it seems all sparkling and easy and fun. And it's like, I won't have to work hard on that at all. <laughs> I'm inspired and that will last forever. Yeah. And so I'm just going to put this other one aside just for a moment and work on this. And then you like, yeah, so it's, it, it's always, uh, you know, the grass is always greener in that respect. And I think some of that went away at some point for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, it helped me with novels and novels specifically. I mean, I wrote, I've actually had like two of them published and uh there's another one on its way out wow. really and, and i wrote two during the pandemic um so because wow. it was it was a great way to um to be self-insulating right like you were just you know like <laughs> there was no collaboration required and i think that's one of the things that <laughs> it's the the opposite of the hollywood effect in that you don't have to wait for someone to oh, give you millions is, of dollars to make yeah. a movie and you don't have to wait for someone to green light your show and you don't have, you know, it's just, it's, it is what it is. And even if nobody, if, if it gets rejected by everyone, you've still got this novel, you know, yeah. like it's, a, it, it, you it did exists. it, you wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. It exists and it may sell at one time, but my experience with, with shows and screenplays are kind of like, you know, nobody buys it first time around. It's kind of like, Dead, you know, like dead. Yeah. Nobody wants to see like, oh, this has already been out. Nah, mm -hmm. not interested. Whereas <laughs> novels have much better lives, you know, yeah. like, oh, as, as as works in general. Yeah. Uh, in my experience, even though like you know nobody reads anymore, um, <laughs> really, especially in Hollywood, nobody reads. Yeah. Um, I remember when we sold our first pilot. Like, wait, that was a long fucking time ago. That was like 2012 yeah. or something. Yeah. I was like so stupidly confident like i was like we're fucking making this thing baby like, yeah, yeah of course yeah. you know <laughs> and then i remember <laughs> when we got the call that they were passing and i was like what <laughs> how could this be happening i can't I believe know. it yeah. <laughs> this is a nightmare wait a second they, thought, wait they gave us money they yeah, said they wanted to do star, it. Star Jay's going to direct it. Like this such an inefficient on. way of doing business. We spent like, two years and nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it is truly perplexing. I mean, I, I, I don't think anyone would would fault you for those feelings. I, I just went through the same thing. Like I was pitching this thing, and it's it's that insane little relationship you have to have your, with yourself where you. Don't invest hope, but you have to secretly like hoard hope, yeah. <laughs> so oh they don't know God, that you've got so hope. <laughs> and then you know you have you can't have sort of expectations or let your dreams fly, but you have to have your dreams. You know, so it's this crazy <laughs> <laughs> schizophrenic kind of. No, you know it's so true. You, you're constantly you're you're on this very thin rail, mm -hmm. right? You're you're balancing between being completely invested and protective of this thing you've created 
and having to not care about it at all yeah. and be and <laughs> totally zen and like whatever happens happens it's out of my control I feel like they and, should tap buddhist monks to write scripts oh my god they would just be, well, you, it does be teach you it is all always a humbling experience and i think um the hard thing is to not fall off on either side because I think we all know people who have. Yeah. And you fall yeah. off on one side and you're just angry and bitter all the time. Mm-hmm. And you fall off the other, you're just like, well, it's okay. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, I have no feelings anymore. You yeah. I, I, I've, I've lost also. <laughs> but just getting back to the novel question, I think that is the great thing about writing a novel is that it, you're just lost in your own world and you're just following your own thing. And it's, and it doesn't, um, you can completely invest and care about it because that's, you're creating that thing. And then once it's done, it's done. And then you send it out. And of course it hurt, hurts your feelings or one's feelings when people say that we, we don't want this or we don't want to, you know, give you money for this or we don't want to print this or please go away and take this with you. <laughs> of away. course that hurts, but it's still there. You know, it's like something you've done it and you were exists. able to follow it yeah. down the line. Do you, do you have any kind of it in, in accepting that they've said, you know, please go, please take this manuscript. No, close the door behind you. No, seriously leave. <laughs> um, like, do you also is there anything of like well, what about all the time invested you know are you do you just have to enter into a contract with yourself like i'm just going to commit to this and whatever time it takes that's yeah that's a relationship yeah. with myself in the process and the muse <laughs> <laughs> i honestly i think i just have to stop thinking about the time mm-hmm. um i really the the time the the idea has to be sustaining enough for me to think that I mean, it usually works. I love doing it. Yeah. You know, I really love every minute I'm doing it. Oh, that's that's nice. it's not work at all. It yeah. really it's I mean, there are parts of it that are work when you're like rereading it for the fifteenth time or suddenly mm-hmm. realize it's all on the wrong tense and you have to change all the- <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh that actually happens believe it or not. Like I was like, Oh my god, this has to be in the present tense. Um, but you realize in general like, it's I, all about in the future is like someday <laughs> oh a someday book you know i'll buy this book if it happens 40 years from now okay all right okay um but um yeah no i think it's just it's just the journey you know it's really that it's really fun for me and that and that's just my experience with writing in general i've never um i i've act, uh, i hate saying this because people will hate me but i've never had writer's block or um I've never had indecision once I've started writing. It's always been very, the, the hard part is everything around writing. The marketing of it, the, you know, selling it, the, you know, but, that's a, yeah. I've always had a, a, a like a, an affinity for like outsider artists, like these, you know, weirdos who will just like, Oh, yeah. Make a Abraham Lincoln bust out of, you know, milk containers in their front yard for no reason. Um, <laughs> but just th- these people get a compulsion to make something. Yeah. They don't care, you know, if anybody sees it and stuff. That's like the Watts Tower. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then and 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 then you like if it's discovered or, you know, if uh-huh. somebody else gets a share in it, then it's sort of like you get the thing. And then you also sort of get the stuff the story or a sense of the 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 person doing it you know uh-huh and it's yeah. definitely like i mean i think that's why writers you know novelists are are 
rightfully kind of romanticized because they do go off in this very like sort of like solitary self journey and then they come back yeah. with this thing yeah um, and no it's true it's true it's yeah well well the the thing you said about those sort of visionary folk artists mm-hmm. there's there's a little of that in every one of us you know yeah. whenever we embark on these projects i mean like because you just have to have like that ridiculous belief in this thing you know like yeah. and, and and you have to be doing it because you want to be doing it because there's so little money when you start out you well that's know? the be- that's the 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 super negative of our business and the business model is that it is art and commerce you know what i mean right and it's right, like yeah. commerce sort yeah. of like drives <laughs> every inch of it <laughs> to the degree where like the commerce part of it is sort of like you have this ca- uh, carrot dangled in front of you of like what mm-hmm. it could be. You know, you see yeah. this, the pin- potential all around you and stuff. I found over the years in showbiz a really tough thing for me is to not have the commerce part affect the artistic part. Mm. Where like I'll start writing something and then I'll be like, oh, well, they'll never do this because blah, 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 blah. You know, mm-hmm. and then that so it, it makes it harder to do the Watts Tower and just be like, I'm just an artist writing something. Totally. And I, I have to remind myself to be like, hey, let the first draft just be totally whatever your vision is. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then when they tell you to change it, you can if you want to make the money, you can change it. But don't start pre don't try and predict. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But that's it's hard, though, because it gets it's, in your it's almost impossible because, yeah. you know, like. They, there will be someone who can tell, I mean, anyone who's in the business will tell you what you're writing is not, is never going to sell. And usually yeah, they no will also what. call your daughter a stripper, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, full circle. Boom. Boom. Husk man. <laughs> Bringing it back. Um, I did. So this is Baldy's in the biz, uh, our new podcast. Um, uh, But I wanted to talk about uh, just as a showrunner, you know, you sort of have you you're in that weird position, too, where you're sort of like a a dream maker for a lot of people who come in to fulfill a role that you need fulfilled and stuff. Did you ever have were there any times you can say like the Baldwin, but then any other version but were there times like there's somebody who's bald and you're like, he's great, but he's bald and it's distracting and we need something that's not that. <laughs> or vice versa, where you like, this guy, he's great. And everybody else is like, yeah, but he's bald. So we can't, you know, <laughs> can't wait for him. Oh my God. Never, never. Um, Cause that is, I, no, that never is in a 100% writing. happened in commercial. Like for my, I've done a bunch of commercials and I talked to some casting people and they're like, oh yeah, they don't care. They're just like, you know, He's not the right drawing. He doesn't have hair. Get him out of here. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, are you talking about from like writing or casting? Cause casting. Like okay, casting. casting. Yeah. Yeah, I put a casting. wig on when I uh, submitted for the Key and Peele job so that I could <laughs> <laughs> You could feel the anti, anti-bald prejudice. <laughs> mm-hmm. out. But you no, did. I, I, I think the only time it's come up is when like, I don't know, like we're casting, um, we're putting together a cast and there's like, already like two bald people in the cast yeah. or something yeah. and you're just thinking like oh yeah yeah the poster we really three? like this person <laughs> <laughs> but does it start be you know is it like you know i don't know would like, it get distracting or something 
Yeah, or, or are we trying to say, you know, suddenly like people look at the at this cast that we're putting together and think that we're trying to say something. Know, you it's, know, so like, f- it's, it's so funny how that, I mean, I want to argue with that, but at the same time, it's like it, it, when you're putting together a show and you have a cast and then there's the poster, they're representative of their signifiers, you know, right. of a world that you're about to right. enter into. And so if, if the, if, yeah, I could sort of see it as like, if the choice is like, well, most of this world is bald. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> but if you went into a diner and there were like a bunch of bald people, you wouldn't be like, is this a baldy diner? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the show, the show's called Chernobyl. So it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Shinehead mountain. Shinehead <laughs> Let's all make that. Yeah, yeah I think shi- it's shiny, a weird sh- North Carolina sort of shiny. Appalachian clan of bald people. The Shinehead. Shinehead. I'm a Shinehead. Long time. I know we're kind of rounding the curve here to wrap the episode up. And as Brian knows well, I have to always ruin a well placed ending with oh, a new no. question. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. And now see the ending introducing a new topic. <laughs> I'm honestly just curious because you guys are both like I think of you as like literary guys that like know good books and stuff. Who are your favorite authors? Hmm. Or books? Wow. I'll say this. I give off the vibe of being literary, but I and I was an English major and uh-huh. I was heading towards like writing and stuff. I do not read. I'm not. Oh, really? I've always had. I've always had a hard time. Like that's that. That is where weirdly, some form of ADHD I have just kicks uh, in. When I can't yeah, focus. Yeah. But when I have been able to focus, I love my daughter's reading now. JD Salinger. Uh, oh, I was really in the Kerouac. I was always, into. Yeah. But my favorite guy is George Saunders. I'm oh yeah, I, I haven't read him, but somebody else was telling me about him. Yeah. Okay. yeah, he's great. He's, 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 I really like him too. Yeah. I, I'm a big Kurt Vonnegut fan. I've always had a special place in my heart. Yeah, I read a bunch of Kurt Vonnegut. You know, people who are writers who are funny, but also um, like take flights of imagination. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of, there are a lot of British writers who kind of mm. in, the, in that category, like Eva Lenoir. Like they're, they're, they're just funny. They, I just enjoy reading them because they make me laugh. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of what I love. Who wrote Winesburg, Ohio? Shell, uh, whoever Shel wrote Silverstein. Shell Silverstein. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh my God. It's, um, kind of the guy was a huge, uh, thing impact on Hemingway. I'm just blanking on it right. for the moment. I don't know. Book. Can I tell a really quick Kurt Vonnegut story? No. Sure. No. <laughs> it has to be long. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be long. Okay, so uh, I had I was in New York for a summer. I was staying with Colton in his uh studio apartment where I slept on a couch for a summer. This is before I actually fully moved to New York. I was like testing it out. And I was trying to do comedy sports in New York, and the guy that was running comedy sports in New York was like really weird he was like oh you're too young like and so he'd be like oh you can show up each week and if there's not enough people i'll let you go on stage um and he was just like kind of a dick about it so anyway i show up this one week and i realize i read in a paper because this is uh when papers were things mm-hmm. and uh, that kurt vonnegut's doing a reading at a barnes and noble and i was a huge kurt vonnegut fan oh. and i'm sitting there like on the steps of this bar where the comedy sports show was going to happen. And I'm like, do I wait and try to do the show 
or yeah. do I go to see mm-hmm. Kurt Vonnegut read? And I was like, fuck it. This guy's never going to let me on stage. Yeah. And so I run to the Barnes and Noble and I go to the wrong one. It's like, I go to like Union Square, but it's actually at, you know, 34th and 5th or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so I literally ran and got there and like got in the door before they shut it and saw Kurt Vonnegut do a reading. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Like- and then uh, I don't know if he was being serious or not but afterward the dude was like i was gonna have you be on stage tonight man (laughs) and i was like well (laughs) what the fuck man (laughs) that's like a romantic comedy ending sort of running and running what if but or the romantic comedy version was you do the show and then kurt vonnegut bailed on his reading to come to some short form (laughs) be one of the four people and he stands up slowly (laughs) clapping (laughs) As you were, you were the crazy milkman that he would yeah. bring back later. <laughs> oh, double full circle. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, and by the way, Sherwood Anderson. That's Weinsberg. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. My daughter is going to a uh, like an arts magnet school. She's doing the writing program, and she's starting to. She's working on like a, a screenplay, you know, for a short film and stuff. And just what what you were saying about like just doing something without judgment of what it's going to be or where it's going to end up and that we have to deal with sort of like the inevitable voices of like notes and stuff. Mm -hmm. She's already sort of doing, giving herself notes and giving reasons as to why it's not going to work. And, you know, she's also got a discovery. It's hard. Like writing is hard. (laughs) But do you have any advice to a young 14 year old who, uh, is 14. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, well, I don't know if it'll do her any good because I, I I have a daughter who's 15 who sounds similar in that she's very um, self-critical. And I have to remind myself, I just have to keep saying 14, 14 because like, yeah. that brain is... Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And 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 things change so quickly, you, you never know. But I mean, I just would keep reinforcing the idea that it's just nobody thinks like you do you have this singular you know voice and vision and mm-hmm. you just you just have to get that out you know you have to get that out of you yeah and if you're if you're kind of this you know vulture like super ego lurk, lurking over your shoulder evaluating everything that you do it'll mm-hmm. it won't come out yeah so you just have wow. to sort of like find that release valve or whatever that is where you can just i think her big challenge is that she's writing something that is it's a very internal like scene like it's about Mm -hmm. a it's about a friend who's kind of outgrown his friend group and and she's like i don't want to say it in dialogue and stuff i just want to show what's going on i was like oh okay so you just need to show some more things and i found myself being a little bit like feeling like the kind of like you know show don't tell but it's like She's not going, she's not being explicit enough. She's going to be very uh-huh. nuanced, but she can't be nuanced because she's never written before. So I don't know. Yeah. I guess, Jay, just come over and help her. That's, a, that's all. I, I will. Oh, yeah. You want me to read the, drip, the draft? I, I yeah. Yeah. And just okay. like, and mark tons of red, just mark it up. Just make it, when she gets it back. Really what critical. are you thinking? <laughs> Why? This makes no sense. <laughs> Pointless. <laughs> I got this. Uh, I got, I, I wrote for a while on this show called, um, the cat in the hat it was well it was actually called the webulous world of dr seuss it was on nickelodeon mm-hmm. and uh i had a, a a brief foray into children's television and 
I saved this script for a long time. I, I, I feel like I've lost it recently, but I, I wish I'd saved it because it had the worst notes I'd ever received ever oh, from really? anyone. <laughs> just like brutal. Where it was just like Mark, it was the executive who was, you know, I think somewhere on the spectrum who just like, he just kind of went nuts on it and said, this oh, may, you know, why? I hate the, that. The, the, best, the best note of it all was, why am I reading this? <laughs> <laughs> And it That's was like, amazing. Oh, gosh, wow. I mean, I really caused I, my writing really accomplished something, and that really caused him to doubt everything. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he ruined his career. He's like a drunk walking down Fifth <laughs> Avenue in New York now. Yeah, he just like snapped. Wow. So just just, he just keeps going. Why, why am I reading? Nobody's this? saying why am I reading this? Yeah, so I'll just <laughs> that. Yeah, I just I mean, it, all this talk is sort of like that, just writing for me writing i i tend i go in and out of being like oh boy what are you doing this is it what you did it you know and then just kind of like giving into it and now i'm at the point now i was like you know my my only advice is like just write as much like write overwrite write a ton of stuff yeah yeah and then throw out advice. things because if they don't put it on the page you won't have any options um yeah, and then see what your friends say. And she's like, "My friends don't say anything." Apparently, like there's supposed to be like their feedback group, and they all just like don't. They just chat. So <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, the sort of possibly 19th century analogy I use too much is that you know you can't make clothes unless you have more fabric than mm-hmm. than than the clothes themselves. Like yeah, you, right. you know, you have to start with more that's material good. than yeah. So. Okay, so I'll try to make it 21st century. I'll say you can't you can't post unless you take the picture. Oh, that's good, right? That's go. a great updating. Mm-hmm. I think you, you got go. it. Yeah. Mine is uh, believe in yourself and anything's possible. And then post it? Yeah, and then post it. And then post that online. <laughs> post it on TikTok. Mine is just do it. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> Mine is why am I reading this? <laughs> All right. I say we end there. All right. Good episode. Thanks, Jay. It was wonderful to talk to you. Appreciate you uh, so giving us the time. To see you, Jay. Yeah, it was great. Great talking to you guys too. I'm I really glad you're as bald it. as I am now. Yeah, yeah I know. I, I reached I reached your level. Yeah. It's good. I reached husky and husky and levels. Husky yeah. and levels. <laughs> you have a husky um, and do. <laughs> uh Jay, do you want to plug anything for our three listeners? Oh yeah, plug your books. Yes. Yes, there's a book on Audible right now called The Present. Okay. They they're doing some deal with it on Audible, so it may be on sale at this moment. But Ooh. go to Audible okay. and type in The Present by Jay Martell. Do you cool. know do you know who read it or did I just have the Um I don't know the narrator's name. He's fantastic though. I That's listened cool. to it and cool. it's, he does a That's cool. great job. That's amazing. And I okay. also wrote a book called Channel Blue that's also uh, that's available on Amazon. Hope that everyone goes out and buys it right now. Christmas nice. is coming around the corner, everybody. Let's Channel Blue notes. in the present. I love it. Congratulations. Very cool. Very cool. Um, okay. Well, I mean, if you've learned anything, writing is hard, but balding is easy. <laughs> well done. Stay bald out there. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Someone to talk to. Brian and Charlie have a hairless party. They are all there to invite you. 
Hey, it's Mia. Hey, it's Allie. And we host the Rom-Com Review Podcast, P.S. I Love Rom-Coms. Each week, we'll have incredible guests come and discuss a new rom-com, grand gestures, meet-cutes, and of course, that elusive chemistry. Mia, what are you doing holding that giant boombox over your head? I'm hoping to win over listeners with this grand gesture. Take us back! Find a new episode every week. And subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Campfire Media. Wow, you're uh, still holding that boombox. Yeah, I've got great upper body strength. Thanks, CrossFit. P.S. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Campfire.